We could literally talk. Yeah, we could talk. Well, here we go. Episode two. We're talking again. (laughs) Episode two, and we have a name. We have a name, which was genius, by the way. When you sent that to me, I I read it, and and it was perfect. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate hearing that. I'm glad you like it. Um, The Path of Curiosity. Welcome to episode two. It only took us one episode to really figure out who we are what our purpose is on this planet and everybody else can bow down to that. There you go. That's right. It didn't take us long. We just kind of contemplated things that why we were doing this, what our why was, and you nailed it. You nailed it. Path of curiosity. Cause that's what we're on right now. We're both curious about everything. So many different things. And that's why we're going to be jamming out about so many different topics. And that's our path. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that for men in particular, but I know for me, it's, it's definitely a principle that I continue to try to come back to is the word curiosity. And, and I think that most human beings, if you look back at your childhood, you are a curious human being by nature. I think that there's a bit of it in men that always will be retained, but when you block that out, you're, you're just blocking out your experience of life. Right. And I, I think that, you know, in talking with my wife, that she's very curious too. And so why wouldn't you explore the curiosity? There's so much to learn and so much to see and experience. And that's kind of what this is all about of like learning to experience yourselves, learning to create experiences to learn and grow and evolve. And, you know, whatever comes from that comes from that, you know, not all experiences are, you know, feel good. Sometimes they just lead you on a new journey. So that's kind of where my thought process was when, just like throwing words at paper and like, Oh man, curiosity is huge for us. And I know you well enough to know that that that's one of the things for you. And um, I'm pumped about it, dude. I'm pumped that we got episode two rolling here. And (laughs) um, I know today we are, we're, we said we're going to wrap about fear a little bit. And you, you said this on a call last week to me of using fear as a barometer and you know, offline, we just kind of disclosed an experience I had where, we had a, I had a gentleman within my community that uh, basically popped out of the woodwork saying that he does not experience fear, that fuck fear, essentially. And what he said in response to me was that he just doesn't have fear. And okay, I guess that's great that you've, you've found this way of living your life that um, you don't experience fear, apparently, but about the fear of success. Do you have kids? what life are you trying to give them and why? Well, cause I don't want them to live a, a poor life or something, you know, poor in just in, in words. And that would be fear of not giving them enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's fear all around us. And as I've sifted through my emotions with the conversation, it's fear is always around us and it's, it's always going to be present, but it's our choices around fear and that, that, that really matter. And using fear as a barometer last week was, um, something that will probably stick in my head for a long time. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to chat about what that, how that resonates with you or what that really means. Cause you brought it mm. up. Yeah. And I, I got that from, I want to say it was Kyle Kingsbury and Eric Godsey. Uh, but when they said it, it hit me hard. And what it was is, you know, using fear as your barometer as your compass of okay i'm scared of that well that means that's something i need to do because growth is on the other side of that growth is on the other side of fear 
And with this gentleman that you just described, what came to me was he's living his life in his comfort zone. If he, if he genuinely, cause he genuinely doesn't think he has fear. You know, I don't think he's like putting on a front. Maybe he is, but he genuinely in his mind thinks he has no fear. Well, that could be the case because he's living his life as comfortably and safe as possible. So yeah, he goes to the gym and works out. That's comfortable and safe. You know, it, there's no fear there. You, if you do it every day, you're used to it. Right. You know, you get in the same vehicle and drive the same route to the gym or you have your same job or you have the same food or you listen to the, you know, the same TV shows or however you're living your life. Like that's a comfortable box. So what are you afraid of? Right. And any, and like you said, you know, he could be afraid of not providing for his family, which everybody I think is inherently afraid of that in some way. And, but he just, he decides to just, you know, distance himself from it. He doesn't even choose. It doesn't come into his mind or if he does, he has no level of awareness around it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so much, there's so many reasons that we experience fear, right? It scares us. And we need to do it or we scares us in the submission of we don't do anything. We don't experience anything other than, you know, maybe the letdown or as you're saying, the comfort, right? I mean, there's so many angles to what fear really represents for us, but um, in my experience, fear holds me back from, really enjoying or really figuring out things. It stops me before I can get started. You know, it's a lot of times it wins and that's something I'm working on changing in my life right now. It's like, well, how do you just step into it a little bit from time to time and face some kind of, you know, some kind of experience to break that factor, that cycle up and, and factor in like, well, this is part of your growth. And if you don't grow, you're, you know, if you're not trying to grow, you're probably going backwards. You know, you're, you're, dissolving instead of evolving so it's interesting the fear is fear is a barometer you know what's what's the what's the thing that's coming up in your life right now that kind of triggered you to do that what are you what are you experiencing fear with that maybe is making you hesitant and going forward Mm, that's good that's a good one buddy um you know in my mind right now so i look at fear in two different ways there's like two types of fear you know there's a fear, uh, like a mental, uh, psychological fear that doesn't harm you, like putting yourself in a position where you, there's no physical harm coming to you. And then the other type of fear is putting yourself in a position where there is possible or imminent physical harm potential. And the one that I've learned that I fear the most is the non-physical uh, harm. So for me, putting myself in positions where I could get hurt and I'm scared, I have no problem going to that. I enjoy that. I look at those as calculated risks. Those are fun. For the most part. Now, I haven't done anything where I've been getting shot at for real. So that's a whole different ballgame. And people that have can, you know, put that in a new perspective for me. But putting myself in situations where there's possibility of, of death or being hurt. So I'm most scared of putting myself in situations that have no physical harm associated with it. It's mental harm. So things like that that are coming up for me are... It's putting myself out there um, on social media platforms, you know, 
stepping into my power and choosing to, you know, teach and share the things that I've learned along my journey that I think could help out a lot of people. And I would love to start helping people, but there's that fear block of, you know, the, you know, we've talked imposter syndrome or, you know, what if I'm in a conversation and I don't know the right thing to say, you know, like I'm not smart enough yet. I haven't achieved the level of whatever, you know, fictional thing I've got made up in my mind, the level that I need to be at in order to step into this role. And that's the biggest fear that's holding me back right now. Yeah, it resonates with me. That's for sure. I mean, that's, we, we've talked about this and I'm pretty transparent about it is that like, that's the same thing with my business online. I'm like, well, who am I to be in this position to help? But the reality is that like your learned experience is the most connective thing that you can have. And there's no better way to do it. Right. Like, you know, we can talk about war all we want, but who's the best person to talk about war? Someone that's lived through a war, not the person that's studied war. Maybe they might have all the facts and these different layers, but like, you could never really appreciate war without at least speaking and learning from someone that's really, really been inside war, you know? And, and so it's same thing, like pick your war, essentially. Is it mental, you know, is it in my case, suicide? Is it working with pills? Is it, is it this mindset stuff that I'm clawing my way out of? You know, I'm not coaching, you know, the world's most elite meant I'm not coaching Tony Robbins in mentally but I can help coach and guide other people that are maybe a few steps behind me. And that's, that's, I feel like what we forget is that we're not a finished product and we never really are. And because, because of that, on one side, it holds us back from stepping into this power and becoming more powerful and learning and getting more experience and going, Oh man, I actually do have a little knack for coaching this and in coaching this, I'm growing myself and teach what you want to learn and all these things. Right. And I think that's a huge part of it, but I resonate with it so much. Just like, I don't want to be seen as much as I want to be seen. I'm scared to be seen. And that's kind of a <laughs> pits pits two things against each other in terms of wanting to create a virtual business, right? Where you're like, well, this is part of it. And unless you find a different way to do it, which is possible, but <sighs> where's that come from? You know, what, where, where does that come from? We've talked about, you know, the IFS work, the internal family systems work and, and doing more maybe shadow work or child work, um, which, you know, for me in my experience, a lot of men like to shy away from. So I just started calling it former self-work because it can be, you know, 32 years old. It could be something at 28 that happened that is still really just running the systems running on that. Um, but most often we can trace us back to some experiences and, and learning to accept it and, and re-coach that little boy or girl and whoever's listening to this, but um, into saying like, yeah, you're, you're more than enough. you you're plenty. And, um, what do you need in that moment? Right. Like taking the, as the adult version of you and saying, let's go forward. And I think that that's what all these experiences really allow us to do. That's, that's the full circle of work. It's like, push yourself into a fire, just like a sword. And when it comes out from that challenge, that blazing hot heat, and you got to slam it again, you've, you've got to put the hammer to the steel and you've got to mold it. And that's kind of this whole thing of like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're putting yourself out there in a business, in a podcast, or if you're in your career in a corporate America or writing relationships, it's all, it's all the same work. It's just got different labels. And at the end of the day, all of it is to really expose yourself. And, and we've talked about this before, of like 
how do you create this life of seeking your truth? Because my truth and Pat's truth are totally different things. Seems like a very parallel, you know, um, place we want to head similar, but it's not ever going to be the exact same. Your perspective is not the same as my perspective. So it's a really fascinating thing. Again, from my standpoint to watch you or hear you say these things, because I have always looked up to you as saying like, man, Pat's invincible. Right. And like, it's, Mm. It's an, it's a, it's, it makes you human, which makes you even more amazing. And when you know that people that you look up to, that you look at, have no fear, you think they're fearless. You're like, no, 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 I've got plenty of fear. You're not, you're not alone with this thing. It's just what we choose to do with it. And I think that's really impressive about you and, you know, Jenna and all these things. Right. So I think surrounding yourself with people like that all the time is really important. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that very much. And one of the things that you said there um, really, really nailed it and outlined using fear as your compass really well. Cause it's not like, okay, I'm scared of putting myself out there in social media. That doesn't mean, okay, just get over it and do it, face your fear and just do it. Right. It's using the fear. Okay. Well, I'm scared of this. So I need to step into that what parts of that are really terrifying, like unpacking why it's, why it's scary to you, why there's fear, why there's a block, having those conversations with yourself, you know, to try to see what part of you, you mentioned the IFS, you know, to see what part of you is holding you back that has some, you know, lower T trauma associated at some point in your life, you know, and, that's the powerful thing because then when you have that template, then when you're looking at fear and you're scared of something else or you're, you know, whatever it may be, because the fears are going to come up no matter what. Right. Then you have the tools. You're starting to add more of those tools into your toolbox of being able to be like, okay, well, I'm scared of that. So I know I have to do it, but let's figure out what kind of parts of me are scared of it. Because once I step into this, and I do it, I don't want this to come back up. I don't want to go on this roller coaster. You know, I don't want to be like, okay, just man up and do it. It's, you know, bro, just make the post, just do it. Well, then you're one and done. You know, like you don't yeah. have any long lasting changes and, you know, you can apply that to anything in your life. So it's, it's really interesting. And, you know, when you, when you step into parts work, which I'm, dipping my toe in right now. And we've had those conversations um, and it's IFS it's internal family systems. So anybody that's listening, you can look up internal family systems and kind of get an idea of what parts work is. Um, and it's not recommended to do it all on your own, but there are some things that you can do to start to analyze your inner psyche. Um, but the more that I've witnessed the parts of me coming up in my life, the more I have been, I have truly been able to not let those parts control me. The, the, simply having the awareness around when you start to feel that feeling or when you start to impro- you know, approach whatever that fear is, or you start to act a certain way and you realize, well, that's not me. That's not me. That's the programming. That's the part. 
that hasn't been acknowledged that hasn't gotten what it needed yet, or that hasn't been able to just be like, Hey, you're not, you're not in control. So this is, this is, this is the logical Brian, logical brain, which I live in. I need to get out of more often. Um, so you, you become aware of this part that shows up, let's call it uh, the avoider part. And you become aware of it. What do you do with that? What is, what is your method so, of, of like connecting to it or accepting? Like, what does that look like? So for me, and this is by no means rooted in any professional strategies or anything. I want to preface with that disclaimer, but <laughs> off the hook. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, but for me, so what I did was, you know, once I was able to identify it, writing it down is powerful. So that, you know, if you have, if you have one notebook or if you have 20 notebooks, however you like to organize things, you know, if you have kind of a journal that is for your own personal thoughts that don't, you know, collide with business and ideas and stuff like that, writing it down and kind of making a list of all the parts you've identified allow you to one relaxes your mind around it because you don't have to constantly try to think about remembering these parts. Yeah. Then you can go back and reference it. But the goal of that is, you know, the, the power in writing it down can allow you just in the simple act of doing that, disassociate yourself with it and self capital S self. We're talking about not associating us with the other aspects of our selves, our parts. Cause that's not who we are doing that. Then trying to ask it, you know, through contemplation, meditation, what it needs, what you may think it needs, not judging what comes up, not thinking you're making something up, just simply just visualizing it. Talk to the part. If it's a, a little boy version of you, little girl version of you, whatever that may be. And see what, see what it might need. And if something comes up, then that's great. And if something doesn't, then that's great. That's okay too. You know, there's no right or wrong here. And you just be, you know, give yourself grace while you're doing this process. And then once that's happened, then as you live your life, you're kind of going through this contemplation periodically throughout the day. So for me, if I notice X part, if I notice this part of me come up and it could be like a frustration part, right? So like the part of me that gets angry when I'm frustrated because, you know, I don't know the answer or I can't fix this thing, you know, or something just happens, <laughs> you know, and I fly off the handle. Then it's like, oh, okay. That part started to run the show. Why did you run the show? And then next time that happens, you can just breathe through it. Like I, I breathe through it's it. It's breath. Like, yeah. Like when that particular part of me comes up, I realize I hold my breath. And the holding of my, you know, just by breathing, chest breathing or holding your breath causes you to be in fight or flight. Right. Yeah. It changes the state of the nervous system for sure. And so, and but not I could have, 
it's not relaxing. And so I could have been breathing like that an hour before this happened. Yeah. You just blew on the fire a bit for an hour, essentially. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting, dude. Uh, Selfishly, I'm asking that because I'm always like, well, how the fuck do people walk through this thing? But it's, I've started to figure out like, okay, it's just, you got to keep doing more things, not to be busy, but you, the more things you do allows you more opportunities, like law of averages to become aware of these parts that show up and they show up in different capacities, man. It's the ego, right? It's like that thing will find a way to get through any crack and crevice, even when you think you've eliminated fully, which you can't, but you think you have, and all of a sudden it's like running and you got to become more aware of it again. But it's, um, the part where you say like, well, let's just see what comes up when you do ask it, you know, like whether it's just in the moment you're walking through a grocery store, like, why am I so irritated right now? Like who's here right now? Who's driving bus. Right. Um, it's to see what comes up. And when I don't get an answer, the judger comes out. <laughs> oh, you piece of shit. You're never going to get an answer. You can't hear that. You can't hear your soul speak to you. You can't hear your higher self let you know you don't know what you're seeing it's not whatever you're seeing is not real whatever you're feeling is not real and you're like son of a bitch man you need to shut the hell up you need to go away for a minute because i'm just trying to be here right so when i don't get an answer another part of me shows up and i, I think for a lot of it for me is like this stems from like not feeling like i'm good enough adequate and so that's like the foundation of a lot of stuff um but you're right. Like there's so many other parts and they it's, it's frustrating because they like to blend together, like teamed up, but that judger that comes in on so much of this stuff, we talked about this a little bit, like the judger witnessing the judge be the judge. Right. And um, mm-hmm. taking his power away, but you know, breathing, breathing through it. It's something that's become really like apparent in my life is that for a long time, even as like a little boy, I just, the way I carry my body now, the habits I have, I'm like, oh man, body image. I was always trying to suck my belly in. I'm sure like this, plus my moving patterns from sports and you know, whatever it is. Uh, I'm like, oh, no wonder I can't breathe on the left side of my body. It's totally restricted. Mm. Well, shocker. Yeah. Now, now, like when you are out of breath and you're, you're playing sports, no wonder you've got right side issues all the time because <laughs> the right side is overworked. It's yeah. the only part of your body that's trying to do anything, right? So, um, it's interesting that you just say, see what comes up because that's the part that in this moment, I'll say I get stuck on and it's not even that I get stuck on. It's just that the judgment comes out. That's where I quote unquote fail because it it derails me because I'm like, you don't, that's not the right answer or you don't have an answer at all. What kind of piece of shit are you? Right. And you start going like, Whoa, well, this is an opportunity to say, you know, how do you speak to yourself in these moments? Like, man, just breathe. Yeah. There's no answer. Like, you know, it's like when you go through some of this work, like, you know, you start crying, you start laughing. Like you know, my wife's massage therapist and, and like Morgan is a massage therapist. Uh, and she'll like, dude, she'll give me a massage once in a while. And like the most painful parts, I'll start laughing. <laughs> You're just releasing. Like, what are you releasing? It doesn't matter. This is a stored energy that needs to like be let go of. And this is exactly what we're doing. And that's pretty amazing when we start thinking about, how the body will retain all of that. It will keep our traumas probably up, you know, capitalized T and lowercase T it'll keep them. It'll store them and it ruins or runs how we function both physically, mentally, spiritually, all those things. Right. So um, I can get spun out on this stuff where I start doing some of the work and I'm like, 
there's like 20 parts here. Like, what do I do with all of them? And like, just take the machine gun out and obliterate yeah. all of them. Like, nah, <laughs> dude, you got to honor them, right? It's just, it's this opportunity to honor them. And, you know, I think that's what breath is. You know, like, you don't have to have an answer. You just have to say, like, all right, name them. Name them. Like, okay, avoid or part or whatever it is. Breathe. And that's honoring it. What do you need? Don't have an answer? Great. At least you've shown a, a communication and relationship to it. And um, I think men do a really crappy job of this. We're, we're just, we're taught to kind of uh, head to the grindstone type thing and, and just power through. And you know, Morgan and I were talking about that yesterday in a walk of just men are taught they're not allowed to feel these things. So no wonder there's such a suicide rate. There's such an anger issue because deep down we've got these emotions, these energies going through. We've never been taught how to really deal with them, but we've not only been that, but we've been taught to not deal with them and power right over them, ignore them. So then you get this buildup of energy. We're like, what's well, going to, something's going to happen. The energy has got to do something. And for a lot of us, you know, for me, it was, you know, suicide, you know, attempts, it was pills. It's, it's beating myself up mentally. It's not showing up the way I want to. So you block yourself from experiencing joy through that. So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's cool. That's, I mean, like, seems like a pretty, um, typical process to get through the parts but it's always interesting to see like how people get stuck or where they come up to the challenge inside of all the parts where it, it's new to me it's definitely new to me in my life so i'm always like well how the fuck do you do that so um yeah and it's it, it's something that i'm gonna continue to focus on you know because it's one of those things you know like going into this kind of stuff it's there's no figuring it out you know, there never is a, a figuring it out. Like, you know, as soon as, you know, if you identify a part of you and then you can, you know, okay, well, this happened to me when I was in school and, and you know, I'd never wanted to raise my hand again. As simple as that. And, and that could be attributing <laughs> and that could be attributing to me not wanting to put myself out there on social media. Sim simple, you know, it's silly, but that could be it because then, you know, I never... I was young. You never realize it. You never know how to address it. You know, you don't know how to handle your feelings. Just like you said, we're taught to just moving on from your feelings is sheltering your feelings, closing them up is different than just allowing yourself, allowing them to be and moving on at the moment because there's nothing to do with it besides acknowledge it. You know, so like we were always taught, like you said, we were taught in, not necessarily outright with language or it could have been with, with language, which is a spell. We got a spell put on us through spelling spell put on us because yes, somebody said it, a dad, a friend, a coach, brother, whoever said, suck it up. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. You know, don't do this. Move on man up, you know, and then you translate that to all the other things and so like going back to how you started this podcast with the gentleman that said he doesn't have fear. Well, he has all the fear. He's just telling himself he doesn't because that's the coping. That's what he has done. He's not afraid of anything. Somebody told him not to be afraid of anything. You know, reality, so you're, you're just terrified to look at your own stuff. Exactly. And <laughs> then, you know, with you said the judge comes in and then, you realize, you know, that you're judging yourself and then you judge 
the judge who's judging yourself. But that's something like, you know, with what you said in there, what I felt at the time was you need to, you know, instead of the judgment of nothing coming up or outlining all these parts, that's a huge accomplishment in itself. So not looking at it like I've identified the part, I do this with the part, I fix the part, then I'm aware. It's looking at it as the of learning and identifying the part is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I think that what they say is like with you know like everybody says like awareness uh, you can without awareness you can't make change and technically it's more of like without awareness you don't have the opportunity to make a choice to create change. All right, but also accepting it, accepting that like oh I saw it that's great, nice to see you. Right. There's no, there's no more answer that necessarily needs to be up there other than I saw you, I acknowledge you. And what do you need? Yeah. Right. And, and then I, when I you're, think, I think it's crazy. Yeah. And then when you're in the grocery store and it doesn't say anything to you, you're like, all right, cool. We'll talk next time. I'm moving I'm, on because I'm going to get you my are not me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like you are not me. You are not running the show. We're, you know, disassociating in a way from that part, even though it's, it's like your ego, you know, like ego, the saying ego is not your amigo. I disagree. I think ego is your amigo. I think you, your ego, you can't, you can't get rid of it. You, you, you can't get rid of it, but you can harness your ego. You can look at your ego, just like using fear as a compass. It's there to tell you something. It's there to guide you and show you something but you just have to be able to be to be aware enough to see what it's doing because it is your friend it's keeping you safe it's 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 keeping you safe one way or another right it's your reptilian brain keeping you from experiencing pain or fear or or guiding you to be in an unhealthy masculine way of dominating other people or, you know, unethical business practices, you name it, you know, any way to kind of, you know, the, when the ego jumps in, in a negative way, people are like, Oh yeah, it's not, your ego's not your friend. I'm like, well, actually I disagree. I think it is your friend because if it showed you something negative, then it is your friend guiding you somewhere. You just have to realize the difference. Man, you just brought up a lot of stuff for me. <laughs> I wasn't cool. supposed to. No, you but... were though. There's <laughs> there's a lot of gold in there, man. If you if you really sit with what what the words really are trying to say, there's so much opportunity to really change the course of your life. Um, and you you called it um, spelling and language, right? I just kind of read that in a book this morning, actually. But it's like living life and saying like, well whose life are you living? Because the poison that was put on you, poison being the personality that you're of your parents, your coach, your friends, your siblings, whatever, when you were a little kid, that's not living your life. That's living somebody else's life through what you think they wanted. And so, you know, um, Johnny had a podcast. I cannot remember 
Cal, I think his name, I think it was the episode with Cal, where it was like, it's all about unlearning. You have to unlearn mm. your personality because it's not your personality. And you have to connect again with who were you in that moment? Who is that little boy inside or that little girl inside? What do they dream of doing? And what does that mean? What does that bring up? And where do you want to go? And it's all about like really reconnecting with capital S self, right? Like asking the question, who am I? Not who did everybody else want me to be? Who did everybody tell me what to be? And that's what like, to me, parts work is all about is like, stop living out the person, stop living through the personality of others and stop um, experiencing life through what people told you it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, cause their fears are their fears and you know, they're going to pass them on you anyways, but that wasn't your, your dream when you were a little kid and it doesn't, it's probably not your dream now, you know? So mm -hmm. um, man, use fear as your barometer <sighs> compass. It's yeah. Water, yeah. And it's, it, it's really cool. Um, God, what was I just saying? There was something right there um, that I was going to say that you were just talking about. And I, poison. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like the focusing where your attention goes, your energy flows, right? That whole thing. And so, you know, when you're doing this kind of work and you're looking at fear as your compass, and then you're, you're looking at, you know, this parts work and this kind of stuff, focusing too much on it really only allows more of it in. It only solidifies more of it, mm. you know? So when you're Sorry, reliving what, your traumas, yeah. And what I think is important to, to mention is identifying and having awareness around these things is important, but focusing on them all the time only anchors them in harder, mm. you know? So when you're looking at this kind of stuff and what you said is that's what, you know, self, who am I? Well, the beautiful thing is, is you get to choose who you are when you have the awareness that you are not your parents. You are not who society told you to be. You not are labels, not, not this coach. I'm not this right. thing right now. You're not your thoughts. You're not your feelings. You are yourself and you don't need to beat yourself up. Okay. Well now who am I? Cause I used to be like, Oh fuck, who am I? Who am I? The thing is, is you are who you want to be. And then you embody that and you focus more of your attention on the good parts of who you want to be. And that allows more of it in. And then some of these things will start to fade away. They'll come up less. You won't deal with your parts as much anymore that you don't desire to deal with because you're not, you're not, you've, you've identified them. Cool. You're giving them what they need. If you think it or not, but then you're focusing on the positive aspects of who you want to be and it naturally works itself out. And I just got told that I was on a call with a mentor of mine and I asked him, I said, you know, after our last call, I was really trying to embody the King energy. And we recently had a couple of really bad days, Jenna and I, on the road, like problem after problem. But I embodied the King energy and I didn't let anything get me off my game. Problem, cool, let's get a solution. Problem, another problem, cool, let's get a solution. This is where we're at. We can deal with it. We'll get through it. We'll get a solution. 
And we did. 24 hours later, we're in a better spot. And we both look at each other. We're, we're proud of each other. And I said that to him. And I said, well, how do I stay in these heightened states? How do I not go on these roller coasters of being really good and then going back down? Mm. And he said, it's as simple as not focusing on the down. If you get down, deal with it right away, but just focus on your up. Just stay focused on the up. And it was so simple. It's profound. Damn. Yeah. It's like you focus on lack, you have more lack. Yeah. You focus on lack, you you have more lack. You focus on abundance, you have more abundance. Abundance is anything. Abundance could be money. Abundance could be, you know, your mindset, positivity, all that stuff. You know, these are simple concepts. None of it's easy, but it's, you know, when you have the awareness around all these sorts of things and there's so much information out there and there's so much different work you can do and all that. And, you know, you got to live your life at some point and you got to live it well and live it the way you want to and be the man or the woman that you want to be because you get to choose. And that's one thing that I've recently contemplated is getting too caught up in the work gets you stuck in the work and you folk, you you're anchoring in the negative aspects of it. Because it's dude. simple. It's simple. Yeah. Simple is not equal easy though. Right. Simple is not easy. Yeah. That's good. Well, I think that's, that's our jumping off spot right there. I think you <laughs> close that down really well. Uh, there's a lot to think well, about there for, for me personally. Um, but yeah, man, per usual, uh, great conversation together and we've tackled fear. Loved it. Loved it. What's this up is our next? Path. <laughs> this is our path, my friend. I don't fear. know what's up check, next. I mean, check that we, one off. <laughs> We dabble a little bit on the parts, but uh, who knows? Maybe we go into something a little bit more, a little bit more fun next week. Who knows? Yeah, man. I'll, you talking about focusing on lack equals lack and abundance equals abundance. I think it'd be cool to kind of think about what abundance really is. And I know mm. that the life that you and Jen are cultivating and living in um, is one of abundance. So it'd be kind of cool to maybe tell a story of how you guys have gotten to where you are and, um, see what comes up with that. I think that abundance is a fun conversation because it's a pretty big buzzword right now, but it's an effective word and it's a meaningful word. And um, I think that there are less people genuinely living in that state than they suggest. And I think that you and Jen are pretty genuine about it. Mm. I think that you guys carry that out. So it'd be interesting. I, I can wrap on whatever, that. but um you know, no, it's, I love that. it's, it's what we're trying to, I think that's a, it's a guiding light for everyone, right? We want to see that there's opportunity everywhere. You know, that's really what abundance is in regards to that's more money or more love or, you know, what less, more ease, right? Ease of flow and those types of things. So, um, you know, and using experience that you kind of just outlined when you guys had a couple, you know, rough hours there a day with, with the RV and, and travel and stuff. And, never sitting in the low, but also seeing the opportunity and everything to say like, we're growing right now and we're just going to take us. And like 24 hours later for some people that could take a week could take a year, you know? And I think that's really cool. As you, you said, it, you know, last week when you're talking, it's just compressing time. And I think that would be a really cool topic, but um, yeah, I would love to, a lot of things just came to mind with 
on that topic. So I would, I would love to talk about that. I think it'd be fun. There it is. There it is. Well, cool, dude. Uh, I know you got some, some stuff coming up you got some travel, so be safe doing that. And, uh, Thank As you, always, we'll, we'll stay in contact and we'll be back very shortly. Absolutely, my friend. I look forward to it. Likewise. All right, man. See you. All right, buddy. Bye.